just to explain to our uh, visitors, um, aside from the sort of Easter break, we've been going through Paul's letter to the Colossians. And so we've got to the uh, three verses that uh, David uh, read to us uh, just now. Well, three verses lends itself, doesn't it, to three points. Um, in terms of timing, we could have 20 minutes of verse. Um, I won't do that. Um, these verses, they follow on from uh, verse 14. Well, they would, wouldn't it, be in verse 15. But we have to remember that um, verses and chapters and so on are a device of the translators. The, the original wouldn't necessarily have read like that. And I, it's good to, to see what goes before. So we would have read before, over all these virtues, put on love which binds them together in perfect unity. And then we read on. What, um, when you, I, I don't know if you have a Bible open in front of you, it's a good idea. If you read these verses, they trip very nicely off the tongue. Of course they do. The, uh, it's the word of God to begin with. It's been well put together by the translator. And I think sometimes it's easy to read. And it's a bit like singing hymns, isn't it? Do you know, it's great that you read that to us. Do you know, we can sing and we can read and like we get the tune and it sounds good. But we don't challenge ourselves as to what we're singing, what we're saying, what we're reading. These words trip off the tongue. But, you know, what do they really mean? Years ago, when we were uh, at Street, there was a a dear old um, uh, brother there. He was a church secretary for a while. And uh, we had a magazine in in the church, which used to come out, I don't know, bi-monthly or something, And he always had a little half a page. And he called it scattered thoughts. Well, they weren't scattered. He really thought about it. And he put together his thoughts on our scripture. But I fear, uh, given the time constraints, uh, it may appear like scattered thoughts uh, this morning. So let's look at these verses together. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, since as members of one body... You were called to peace and be thankful. Now, you know, I can be a bit of an anorak, so I looked it up, and the word peace appears 249 times in the NI version of, um, of the Bible. 156 in the Old Testament, 93 in the New Testament. I then checked the authorised version, because you know I'm fond of that, and um, it's 420 times. So, clearly the modern translators have found other words to express that idea of the word for peace. But in this verse, it's the same, except it's described as the peace of God. What does it mean for the peace of Christ to rule in your hearts? That sounds lovely, doesn't it? That's sort of, it's, it's poetic and real and right, and of course we would want that to happen. But what does it mean? Well, as Christians... If we are as believers and followers of Jesus, God's Son, 
who died for our sins that we might be forgiven and who rose again, through him we have peace with God. That's the peace of God, isn't it? The broken relationship because of our sin has been restored. And we have peace of mind and peace in our hearts. That's the peace of God. You know, we've lovely examples of that peace, don't we? As we think of the Lord himself, he spoke peace. Do you remember? After the resurrection, when the disciples, they were shut up, quaking in fear, he appears there. And what does he say? Peace. Peace. He brings his peace to them. He brings his peace to us. The Saviour behaved peaceably, with one exception, when he saw what they were doing to his father's house, when we saw his righteous anger. Remember the words of Isaiah, who speaks of him as a lamb led to the slaughter. He behaved peaceably, despite everything that was done to him. So what do we do with this wonderful peace from God? Do you know, there are, none of these words appear by chance. I've said that so many times, haven't I, stood up here. What do we do with this peace? We let it rule us. That's what it says. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. It becomes a part of us. We know from all those months ago, even the other year or so, where we studied the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians. The peace is part of that fruit. Love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. In Romans, we read, the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. In other words, not a matter of ritual. But of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Peter wrote about suffering for doing good. He said they must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. So what I think we have here is the idea that we resolve to allow God to work in our lives, being filled with his spirit. We not only reflect his peace in our demeanour, but we actively seek to live and behave peaceably. Avoiding disputes and conflicts, particularly in the church, because this is where Paul is writing. And so he makes that reference to being the body. He often uses the body, doesn't he, to describe the church. And we all know those lessons about how we are joined together, the one linked to the other. How we all need to be well for the body uh, to function. We need to be in harmony. Matthew Henry, he's an 18th century commentator, that you also know I'm quite fond of. He puts it like this. We are called to this peace. The peace with God is our privilege and peace with our brethren as our duty. A bit old-fashioned, I know, but it sums it up very well, doesn't it? And what about this be thankful then? Do you think that's just an afterthought? Well, it is good to be thankful, isn't it? This is what someone has described as the attitude of gratitude. 
And if you read these three verses carefully, you will notice that each verse has a reference to thankfulness. Verse 15 says, be thankful. Verse 16 says, with gratitude in your hearts. Verse 17 says, giving thanks to God. There's this whole idea of being thankful. Of acknowledging what God has done. Acknowledging the debt we owe. And being thankful in whatever ways that is expressed. Let's whiz on to verse 16. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. I know in um, uh, some versions it says the word rather than the message. The word of Christ, the message of the Christ, same thing. In the days that Paul wrote, there was no mission praise. No songs of fellowship or even sankeys. The Jewish believers would have had the Psalms, but nothing else. They did, however, have the Holy Spirit. So their singing comes from the Spirit. Today, our services might be more structured. We asked various people to contribute today, and um, various people said they would do that. And I asked them how long they would be, didn't they? So I could put a, a sort of program together for today. It's very structured, wasn't it? But I do hope that through all that structure, the Spirit of God has been able to work. That your heart has moved. That you've sung from your heart. That you've sung in the Spirit. Um, I know the people who... Um, participated have, uh, have done that so although our services might be structured we don't want to organise the spirit of God out of it that's not the idea at all I don't think these words just apply today to pastors and worship leaders Paul was writing to a church the members of one body as we read in the previous verse so what can this say to us today in our more organised church setting? Well, I, I think it sets out some real fundamentals here for our worship. First of all, we have the subject, the source. Christ himself, our Lord and Saviour. Let the message of Christ, or the word of Christ, dwell among you richly. What message? Well, what had Paul written to them in the previous uh, chapters? If we go back in Colossians. Everything Paul wrote to them about their new life in Christ, about his supremacy. Remember, he had to write to them, really, to put them straight, to tell them who Jesus really was. And so this verse begins with that wonderful message of Christ and all that entails, not simply knowledge, but something we are steeped in, speaking of our uh, experience and God working in us. That's what it means, I think, for it to dwell richly among us. It means something to us. The glorious person of Jesus Christ is our very reason for being. Like the stick of rock, you've heard that, haven't you? You know, uh, cut him and he's a so-and-so through and through. Well, cut us and we should be Jesus through and through. 
I'm going to give you an illustration now, um, unashamedly, because I find things help sometimes. So here's an illustration. And I've got a little book at home, it says, to illustrate that. So here's an illustration. There was a time, Jill doesn't know I'm going to say this, but she beat me up afterwards. But there was a time when I couldn't tell you anything about Jill, my wife. I didn't know anything about her at all. She meant nothing to me. Don't be shocked. There was a time when we hadn't met. We hadn't got together. Now, 50 years later, we haven't been married for 50 years, but we've known each other uh, for 50 years. 50 years later, I can... What was that? You get less for murder, is that what you said? It's an old joke, Pete. But 50 years later, I can tell you all about Jill. I can extol her virtues. I can speak of her from the heart. And many of us can say the same, can't we? What's the point of that illustration? Well, as we come together, be it Sunday morning or some other time, how can we speak of a saviour that we don't know? How can we speak of a saviour that we haven't spent time with? We can't arrive on a Sunday morning and switch on the Christian switch. What we bring here is what we have been engaged with in the week. Laurie asked us, what did you do uh, this week? And none of us was brave enough to tell him what we've been up to this week. I don't know if that's significant, but uh, um, we can't simply switch it on, can we? I wonder what would happen if one Sunday we arrived and everything had failed. No power. No pastor. No musicians. No clock. <laughs> what kind of service would we have? What could we bring? Well, I trust we'd have something to say that we would be able to remind each other of this glorious gospel message, of this wonderful person, of our Saviour, Jesus. Do you know, it says teaching and admonishing, doesn't it? What does that word mean, admonish? See, we read it, we think about it. It has a sense of warning. Not wagging the finger warning, but that sense of, not about judgment, but about encouragement. We don't live in an easy world in which to follow Jesus. So we need to encourage each other. We need to warn each other. And of course that worship comes from the Spirit, doesn't it? And as a response to what God has done with gratitude in your hearts. Now, we're vast nearly getting to the end here and I'm conscious of the time. So... It follows with whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him.
We often apply this, don't we, to life in general. Whatever you do, and I used to think of this, I used to remind myself of this as I drove to the office, a very reluctant. I wasn't very good at work. I'm sorry. Um, I have to compare. I, I enjoyed aspects of my work, but I never really enjoyed work. I, I, wasn't, I was just saying with school as well. I don't know. But I used to remind myself of this verse, that I was doing it for the Lord, that I had to go and be diligent and be... You know, do everything right and well to witness for him and as I was doing it for him. And um, when it came to those appraisal times, no, I couldn't quite tell my employer that. I wish I'd had the courage sometimes to say, I'm not doing it for you, I'm doing it for the Lord. Because that was the, that was the truth of it. And for the people, I, I mean, I, my, my job was... It was a people job. I came into contact with people. And of course I would do the best for them. Those folks I got to know. Uh, and so on. But I think this verse is also written in the context of church life. And of our worship. It addresses our motive and our attitude to our Christian service. Because sometimes we, we can have half an eye, can't we? Or maybe more than half an eye. For everybody around. You know, I wonder what they think of me. Am I doing this... Well, will I get a pat on the back? Um, I was talking to John the other day. Uh, I saw on the TV, I watched it on the TV, um, an interview with Jurgen Klopp, the Liverpool football manager. And he said, I don't care what people think of me. He only cares for his family. I'm told he's a Christian, but he didn't say that in this context. He only cares for his family. For the football club, because they employ him, so he gives them his all. But aside from that, he doesn't. What other people think of him doesn't worry him at all. But we behave like that, don't we? We rather have a bit of an eye as, as to what what people uh, are thinking, and um, we get a bit hung up on that. What matters is what the Lord thinks, isn't it? It's what He sees. It's whether we're living our lives, whatever it is we find ourselves doing, in a way that pleases him. Do it for the Lord and do it with gratitude. Now, I was going to challenge you at this point, but the time has escaped us. And we were going to try, I was going to try and see if you could paraphrase those three verses. Homework. Homework, yeah. Homework. Yeah. I'll... I'll give you something that I knocked up, which is um, not very good, um, because I thought I'd, I'd do it as if we were here, so we'd have limited time. So I gave myself limited time. But I'll pass on to you as a conclusion to this morning. But as a good idea. Go away and read these verses through. And it's a good test, isn't it? Can you put it into um, words, as it were, uh, that means something to you? This is what I came up with. We should live peaceably, especially amongst our fellow Christians in the church. Our worship should reflect our love for and experience of Jesus to encourage one another. We should do everything as if for the Lord, demonstrating our gratitude to him.
There we are. And uh, it's not copyright, so if anybody wants a copy, 